This is an ABC podcast. Okay, how is it the end of Mardi Gras World Pride already? I swear that went so quickly. But the past couple of weeks have just been so huge. The celebrations have just been so full of love. And it's just been so nice bringing you some really beautiful queer love stories as well. So if you haven't already listened to our other Love Bites, definitely give them a sus in your feeds. But the couple you're about to hear from for this ep is Law and Lil. They first met doing a play together. So they were basically both playing romantic leads in a production of Sense and Sensibility. Shout out to all my Jane Austen fans. As soon as I heard that they were doing this play, I was like, okay, we need to have a whole other chat after this interview about Jane Austen. Anyway, so the love on stage started to grow just as fast off of the stage and it completely spun both Lil and Law out because Law is asexual so it was something that they just never expected for themselves and Lil considered herself a quote-unquote garden variety cishet so this is in, in her words this is how she described herself I actually spoke to them on zoom for like an hour I fell absolutely in love with their story. Seriously, I learned so much from them about just communication and relationships and exploring your sexuality and unpacking so much stuff as well. I literally said to them, there's no way that this can just be a love-sized bite episode. Like, it can't just be edited down to five minutes. We're going to have to do like a proper hookup episode just to tell your story. So shout out to Pip who edited this down to as small as we could get it. But I really, really hope you enjoy listening to them both. And yeah, hopefully you learn from them just as much as I did. The way I used to describe myself was garden variety, cishet. I, you know, pursued relationships with men. I thought I needed the kid. I don't know. There were signs the whole way. I used to write really gay fan fiction. <laughs> I always considered myself like a mega alley. I don't know. Um, but no, this this law <laughs> sort of changed everything. <laughs> Growing up, I was raised Anglican. And I just assumed that I hadn't found the right person yet and I was waiting for, you know, someone who was marriage material and all that stuff that you internalise. And then it wasn't until I kind of just said yes to someone out of resignation that I hadn't, I hadn't said yes to anyone when I was 19. And that uh, obviously ended very badly eventually after a lot of um, repressing and not, really, not realising I was repressing my identity and kind of forcing myself to do things that in hindsight I just shouldn't have, I didn't understand myself enough. But um, the explosion of that relationship um, caused me to finally realise, oh, no, I am asexual. I did all these quizzes. I finally understood what it meant because I'd heard it before, but it was associated with negativity, like being frigid and all this kind of stuff. So I was adamant that couldn't be me, didn't understand the difference between wanting to show love through intimacy and actually having a desire for intimacy or sexuality or anything like that. There was an initial kind of spark, but I've had that before. as like new friendship excitement spark. So we're both playing romantic leads. We're playing Edward and Eleanor. And ironically, the whole play is about Eleanor denying her own feelings in pursuit of, you know, practicality and, and 
decorum and all of those things. For starters, I didn't understand what asexuality meant. There was an interview where they were like, Law, being asexual, you know, how do you approach the romantic scenes? And they were like, oh, I just substitute my cat. And me, I was like, got it <laughs> I was like it's not possible it's not possible forget about it and also I you know being an actor like you do not want to mix those things because you know it's it's not professional it's you know well you, you don't want to make your acting partner uncomfortable you know so it's like crush it down crush it down you're straight aren't you crush it down <laughs> they they're, they're ace they don't yeah anyway <laughs> But it was one of those things that it kept happening, the cute little moments. Well, we were rehearsing scenes together, so we had to see each other. And then we started to do a bit of riffing of, like, impro, yes, and competitive weird little things when we were waiting for a scene. We'd just be off on the side making each other laugh and then getting in trouble for distracting everyone sent to the corner together being, being arm in arm for the wedding scene and then let's just just stay this way I guess it's nice <laughs> well they're not removing their arm I guess I won't either <laughs> that was definitely a key confusing moment for me so I was like I'm really enjoying this and that's that's fine that's that's perfectly normal and a little seems this is fine <laughs> In show week, it kind of ramped up because we both discovered that we're the same brand of anxiety um, and <laughs> found ourselves doing really stupid teenagery love things. Like, you know, I made a, a salad that was ostensibly fully cast, but it happened to be, you know, address all of Law's dietaries and only Law really ate it, um, you know. <laughs> And I brought tea ostensibly for the entire dressing room, but only a cup for me and Lil. <laughs> it was interesting because I know that Lil spoke to her friends about it and I didn't, I didn't talk to anyone. It was just me in turmoil on the inside trying to sort through all these feelings. And show week it became really obvious even to me. Apparently everyone else already saw this. <laughs> but the, the things of the tea and the salad, and then we also, we both were really tired on uh, the double show day, matinee and evening show, and we had a nap in the prop bed together. We invited me to have a nap with her. And I hadn't been in a bed with another human since my previous relationship ended really badly with you know abusive stuff. Uh, so it was a big deal for me to get into a bed with someone else and I just felt really safe and also honoured that because it was a big deal for me, I, I assume it's a big deal for the other person because you just sort of project and it was really lovely and special and just generated even more intimacy and that was when I really started to feel like this, I wouldn't do this with many people, this is a, a, a level of depth and um, yeah, the, the feelings were just so confusing we had been yeah messaging every day for weeks and i i i remember saying to people at the time like if this was anyone else i i would know that they were like into me because you don't do this normally like and you know you light up when you get the little message and <laughs> i remember having a bit of a cry at work like someone was like are you okay are you okay and i was like no i'm having a clear crisis i don't know i don't and because of that, I knew that we were going to have to have a conversation. And then we hung out more and more until eventually 
one night I'd taken Lil, she met my parents and had dinner with my parents before we were even, because <laughs> I, she had a stressful time at work and I really wanted to help. So I took her away to my childhood home in the forest in Belgrave and we toasted marshmallows on the fire. Had dinner with my parents and Lil nerded out with my dad about computery things that none of, no one else gets. So my dad was thrilled. And then that night we got back to Lil's place uh, and I, I I was like, I have to, this is, I'm going to explode with emotion. I must say something. So I said something like, um, so uh, I've, I've never messaged anyone every single day before this. Uh, so yeah. And then Lil was like, oh, thank God. I, I was, I was going to have to say something. And we just had the, the conversation. Yes, we both have feelings for each other. Had it hugged for like two hours afterwards. <laughs> and that was the kind of the official start of the relationship. So when Law told me how they felt, I was relieved because I thought that I was going to have to initiate that conversation and that scared me because I I didn't know if I was reading things correctly and then I, I sort of needed to hug them so I asked if we could hug and we sat there and hugged and we talked about boundaries and hashing out, okay, well, what does this mean? How do we do this? What are your deal breakers? Yeah. How do we want to approach things like intimacy? I was I was obviously very anxious about, oh, but what if you want to do things that I don't want to do? And what if I'm not enough and all that internalized stuff? And it was it was sort of a nervous tentative because we I think we were both a little bit not scared, but both a little bit well overcome. We were overcome because it challenged our identities. It challenged my thinking that I was straight and it completely altered the trajectory of what I thought my life was which frankly was kind of unexamined you know in many ways was completely free because when you don't know what the future looks like you can or you don't have a map of it um you can very we can really build your own and it it should be the case for everybody you know when if, if you want a satisfying relationship that meets all your needs and desires you've got to talk about those things and what suits you and how you navigate around each other at first i was absolutely terrified because my only previous experience had been overwhelmingly negative and i'd never wanted to i'd done it to please him essentially uh, so I didn't even know if I liked kissing because that was also like, this is weird and gross and I'll do it because it's the thing I'm meant to do. We started off with very much just, well, I know I love hugs. I'm very touched. Like that would be my number one way of receiving and showing affection is touch. And thankfully we're both very similar. So I never feel like I'm too touchy. Um, and then it was always just a question. So Lil would ask the first thing was, may I kiss you on the cheek? And I was like, oh, yes, that's oh that was really nice oh and then i spent an entire day trying to work up the courage to do the same for her because i wanted to to see what it would be like to to give lil a kiss on the cheek and so i sat there stewing for like seven hours on a couch and then eventually awkwardly asked if i could kiss her on the cheek and she's like oh yes yes of course and it just sort of very was very slow and gradual and never any pressure and whenever I was freaking out about taking too long they reassure me that she didn't want to do anything that I didn't want to do uh, and so we did very kind of exposure therapy stuff as well as a trans person I had never shown anyone uh, parts of my body like I'm not even very I had top surgery a few years ago and I it's a big deal for me I only last year went topless at the beach 
and having been on low dose testosterone like no one had ever seen the changes that that had made to my junk and so we like did a okay for 10 seconds we will drop our pants and, and that's going to be fine and then back up again and like really really slow just normalizing yeah of course I still of course I love every part of you and my brain was like no this will be the deal breaker okay that wasn't but this would be the deal breaker and eventually you know we got through enough steps of that that my brain was like huh can't think of any more deal breakers. <laughs> I remember in the weeks prior, I'd been imagining to myself, I was like, if it's a relationship with the nice person, what does it mean? Does that mean no sex? In, you know, the classic sense, quote unquote. Um, and I thought to myself, I think, no, I think I could, I think I could deal with that. Or there'll be other things, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'd have to talk about it. And that means we have to have the conversation. So we had the conversation. I think I, I remember saying something like, I think my sort of baseline deal breaker is I would like to kiss you. And I remember you saying, I think I could work up to that. I was like, okay. <laughs> but even like we sort of just explored together and just took it really, really slow and discussed at each step. And that's why um, talking to a sexologist is useful as well, because what is sex? Well, it's, it's, it can be pleasure right and so that, that it's true well yeah it should, it should. but so well what is pleasure like you can get pleasure from stroking someone's hand you can get pleasure from stroking someone's junk but these are all experiences that you can have together this sort of like a to b to c can limit your thinking and so it makes a sort of safe and structured environment to just navigate different kind of experiences and mm. touches and this is where your podcast was very helpful too, because I just binged all of the sex episodes and then took away. I was like, hey, Lil, I learned this thing today. We should just like ask each other what would make this better. And that's the only focus on <laughs> the getting away from the outcome-based expectations. Mm. And yeah, that was really helpful to just, even though it wasn't necessarily like, here's a specific action you can do. It was framing it in a way of, oh, cool. Well, what's something that we could explore with no pressure and then just see, have a conversation about whether that works for us. And even the sexologist can address so many things, but for us initially, it was even just, you know, like consent-based things and asking for things when you're both two very sort of anxious people, you're not used to asking for things. You're not asking for things that please you as well. And so just practicing that sort of thing. I remember when we investigated what a sexologist was and we saw that they did body work. And we're like, oh, God, does it mean we have to have sex in front of them? What is that? We're like, well, what a baby, I don't know. <laughs> um, but for, for us, <laughs> of course it's all consent-based. Of course it's all tailored to you both and what you want to explore together and what will help you. Yeah. We were staying at each other's places. Lil had her own place. I was living with two housemates. Um, so I was spending a lot of time at Bill's place privacy uh, and getting to know each other's cats who thankfully loved both of us. Uh, we ended up living for a week in ISO together because Bill brought back COVID from a work conference. It actually was Thanks, good. Sydney. It was good in the sense that if I was going to get it, I was absolutely surprised I hadn't had it yet because I teach in school, like three different schools. Um, but we got to just spend a week taking care of each other and experiencing a bit of like not conflict, but like a bit of a relationship test. 
and we've done some travel together. Uh, I met 18 cousins. Yeah, my dad's second month. <laughs> my dad's from New Zealand and we booked this trip and I was like, uh, well, I'm going to New Zealand and I'd love you to come, but also it's very early in the relationship. And they all just was like, yeah, sure, jumped into it. My my grandmother has Alzheimer's and fell over and there was like a medical emergency and Lil was just amazing and supportive. And we went through all these tests quite early. So then moving in, it was just, it felt very comfortable and natural for both of us. Uh, so we did that in December. And the hardest part's just been getting the cats to be friends. <laughs> well, hope that's the dream. And they have, thankfully. We, we felt like they would get along once they got over, you know, the change of location. Yeah, and it's just so lovely to not have to expend extra energy just getting to a place to be together. Um, but we are finding we do need to be more intentional with setting time for ourselves mm. I was initially um, captivated by Lil's intelligence but it's not just that she's really intelligent it's that it's a very kind and generous intelligence and you know there are people who are really smart and they're dicks about it and Lil's someone who's really smart and uses that always to help and to encourage and to give and she has so many skills and hobbies and things that she'll just go and take photos for this person and edit this thing for this person. And yeah, have always felt safe and welcome and understood and seen by her. And I've never felt like, especially in a relationship where one person is gender diverse, you can feel like you, you know, you have to educate or say, and I never felt that way. It's always been, oh, Lil's already really well educated and has clearly gone away and done a bunch of other reading and research. And I don't, yeah, there's no um, tension around that at all. What I love about law is everything they are kind and giving, but it's like a, a part that is really steady and true and believes in justice and equity and fairness and all those things has a really, despite all the anxious brain, has just a really calm and solid presence. It's very giving. Oh my God, is so beautiful with the children that they teach. And actually, as a side note, Thor has the most fantastic community around them as well. Queer folks make amazing communities because the communities are built around what they value and those values are the same they're helping each other friendship honest conversations not bullshit that's something that was new to me as well a different kind of community which is absolutely beautiful love my queer friends yeah. <laughs> aren't they seriously just so incredible hearing the way that they talk about each other and what they've learned through their journey and how they navigate and communicate and trust each other and give each other space to just be themselves and explore. I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, if you ever want to suggest an episode for us, you can DM us at Triple J The Hookup on Instagram or you can email us thehookup at abc.net.au.